Hello and welcome to a Wednesday, November 22nd edition of the Sports Ethos NBA DFS Today podcast. As always, I'm your host, Harris, and I'm joined by my guy, Ramiz, as we take on what has now become a tradition on Wednesdays, ridiculous amount of games, and the uh, night after an in-season tournament came to be able to go ahead and uh, talk about a little bit more of uh, normalcy in the NBA, but 14 games is what we're going to be dealing with here today. So as always, you know, the focus ends up being on different ways of uh, being able to approach such a large slate, you know, certain positions that are getting a little bit more love, a little bit more value that we're going to end up focusing in on. And as always, for those who aren't already subscribed, Get yourself onto sportsethos.com. Get yourself that DFS pass so that you can stay on top of exactly what's happening over here. Keeping yourself up to date on the live injury report. Getting yourself connected on our Discord so you can get access to our DFS pros all the way up until lineup lock. And alongside this podcast, you get access to those wonderful DFS deliveries that will give you all of that sweet, sweet information you need first thing in the morning to really help have those pillars that you're going to be building your lineup around. But speaking of pillars, I was missing my pillar last Wednesday and I've got him back here. So Ramiz, how's it going, man? It's been two weeks. Feels like it's been too long. And I also think uh, this is the first uh, week we're together ever since, uh, what was it, uh, DeAndre Ayton against Sabonis? What happened there? You actually just pulled my excuse for missing the last pot. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm just joking. But like, man, I'm, I'm tired of going for DeAndre Ayton, man. I, you know, you just got to move on. I mean, the guy's averaging, what, like 14 points per game? But I don't know, man. I mean, Sabonis is a guy who just tore him apart. Like, it, it sucks that they were also going against each other. So I couldn't even pull up the matchup excuse. <laughs> uh, but uh, I guess from now on, DeAndre Eaton is uh, for sure a no for me. <laughs> it's a no-go for you. And then, uh, so I guess that's a little bit of a a uh, heads up on who you're not going to be picking as one of your center picks tonight, because in 14 games, there's a, there's a lot to be able to go through. So <laughs> let's, let's jump right into it. Cause there is a lot to be able to look at over here. And uh, for me really starting at the, at the point guard spot, you know, there's a couple of options that uh, I was potentially looking at over here in terms of who to kind of build myself around. And I'm going to start first of all with the Golden State Warriors and Phoenix game, in which we actually don't have a uh, a full-on, actually a total just came up, 232.5 on this game. But Steph Curry, who has now fallen below that beautiful 10,000 mark, which always is kind of that blinking red light for me to be able to go ahead and take him, especially in matchups that are going to be not only fast-paced, but, you know, there's going to be a little bit of a little bit of story going into this, obviously. Kevin Durant is sitting there on the Phoenix side here, Golden State, you know, a little bit of revenge to go with it. But also just the fact that these are going to be two of the likely premier teams really fighting it out for the top of the West. So for the Golden State Warriors to really get themselves back on track, obviously still missing Draymond as well. And it's just one of those things where Steph Curry, in my mind, is primed to have one of those just vintage Curry games over here. And for 9,300, there's just so much upside for him to have one of those 50 plus DK point nights that 9,300 lock me in because even a dud from Curry will get you somewhere in the forties. Uh, well, I guess on my side, I didn't go too expensive. Although Lamella was appealing to me at 10 to, um, and especially going against the Washington wizards, but I, I feel like I could spend my money a bit more in some other cases. 
Uh, but I did decide to again, I guess, in the upper mid tier section, mm. which is Darius Garland at 7,900. Uh, without uh, Donovan Mitchell playing, I think he's always a player who intrigues me because uh, I was looking at his stats. I mean, he always has like an increased amount of shots, increased amount of usage rate. I think his usage rate actually hits 30% without Donovan Mitchell. And of course, it might be a tough matchup against Miami. Uh, but as long as Darius Garland has that ball, uh, gets his shots off, I think he'll always have at least a solid game where he can get assists. I mean, he's also playing, as we speak, I think, against the Sixers, and he's having around 20 points, seven assists, uh, three rebounds. Mm-hmm. That's as I'm reading it right now. Uh, but just in general, without no Mitchell, I think a lot of responsibility goes towards him, and it's always an easy opportunity for him to have a great night, especially, like you said, it's a 14-game slate, so we're going to have to go for some high hitters, and we're going we're gonna to have to go for those players who get that ceiling, um, uh, have a high ceiling. Uh, budget-wise, I liked uh, Kaysen Wallace at 4,100. And this is mainly due to the news that uh, Jalen, Jalen, Jalen Williams, pardon me, Jalen Williams, yep, uh, he won't be playing in that game. And that means it might be an increased minutes for some other players and perhaps against the Chicago team. Kaysen Wallace, the extra ball handler, extra defender on the court at 4,100. I really like that type of price tag where I've seen him have some games where he's got in, uh, 25 DK fantasy points, 23, and sometimes on great nights, 30. Uh, so about 4,100, I think is a safe price to go for. Yeah, I think that's fair, and uh, I'm glad you mentioned Garland, because I was actually looking at the other side of it, who is also having a solid game here for Cleveland in the time that Donovan Mitchell has been out, which is Craig Porter Jr., who is uh, coming off the bench at the moment, getting himself into a position where even though he's just on a a two-way contract, he's getting kind of mid-20s as far as the minutes are concerned, and really showing himself to be a very, very solid ball handler at this level, and getting himself a pretty decent assist rate at this moment. Even tonight has eight assists in just 23 minutes. And his, uh, his shot total is also starting to get in that consistent kind of eight to 10 field goal attempts range. So at 4,600, obviously that price has been rising slowly, but surely since uh, he's found himself in those minutes, there is still a very solid spot to be able to go ahead and have a potential kind of six X night, as far as his value is concerned, because it is looking like he should be able to get somewhere around 30 DK points on a pretty regular basis with uh, the current injury situation. And then at that uh, same kind of mid-tier mark over there, you mentioned Garland for 7,900. I'm looking just uh, two positions higher than that, which is James Harden at 7,900 over here as well, who obviously is now getting himself into a little bit more of a groove with uh, Russell Westbrook, whether you want to say it's uh, him being selfless himself or really what the coaching staff probably told him, but now he's taking it uh, on the chin, but he's moved himself to the bench over there, and James Harden, as a result, has gotten his uh, usage percentage back, and plain and simple getting his role in the offense back, and we've really seen it over the last uh, two games over here, where he's uh, been averaging about uh, 43 DK points over the last two games, had the Spurs game, where in only 28 minutes he was able to rack up 38 uh, DK points there, so if the Spurs can keep it a little bit closer now at home, uh, as they did in that last, as they weren't able to do in that last one, Hopefully, Wemby has a somewhat better game over there, but a 230 game total gives Harden a lot to uh, like as far as his price tag is concerned. And if you can do even something similar to what he did against Houston the night before that, very, very much a uh, an opportunity for him to rack up another kind of 40, 45 uh, DK points night for his price tag, which is more than solid for what you can expect with the beard. Any other uh, any other point guards you specifically like, or can I move on to the shooting guards here? Well, I, I did have someone on my shooting guard list, but I, I guess I'll talk about him in point guards because you mentioned him. It was James Harden at 7,900. 
Uh, like you said, I mean, he's getting more comfortable in his role. He did have an inefficient scoring night, but he still was able to get around 40 DK points, if I'm not mistaken. And they're going against the Spurs again, so it wouldn't be surprising to him for him to have a similar performance, or at least be able to hit the ball in the net a, a, more, a few more times. Uh, and of course, I guess you're proud too because that Harden is your guy. So you, there's never going to be a time game winner of the night before the four point play to win the game, man. It's just, it's what he needs. Get in the groove, baby. Yeah. And at 7,900, I think this is the best time you're going to get that value and well, have a great night from him. Definitely hoping so. And I'm glad you mentioned, uh, Harden side, cause now that's going to become our player pick for this, uh, for this podcast when it goes oh, up. So there we go, baby. All right. <laughs> But speaking of shooting guards over here, this is where I start to look at a little bit more kind of a boomer bust opportunities because really there's a lot of guys that I like in that kind of six, seven thousand mark here who have the opportunity to be able to outdo their price tag. And, you know, as much as I've been looking for opportunities to be able to try and take him, but he's let me down a couple of times, I still think Jordan Poole at 6,300 is in just <laughs> such a good price spot. Like, I, I, I can't understand why even if he's not shooting as well which he actually did somewhat better in that Milwaukee game even though he had a pretty um pretty hilarious clip if those have been following online where they were down by 10 with 4 minutes left and he's like rolling the ball to half court letting like 10 seconds go off the clock for for no reason whatsoever it was just pathetically sad zero ball IQ but good thing fantasy points don't look at ball IQ all we need is the volume numbers here and uh, for him who had a you know 30 actual points night would have had a much better night if he can even have some uh, some more of a sprinkling as far as his support stats are concerned. And I do expect we'll see a little bit more of that in a Charlotte game where we know defense is going to be the last thing on anyone's vocabulary. It's going to be a super fast-paced game all the way through. Uh, taking a look at uh, the uh, the points total for that one, I think we're still waiting on it. In fact, no, 242.5. So it is the highest of the games that I'm seeing so far. So definitely a great opportunity for him to go ahead and rack up some of those points where I expect that he will be in a great opportunity to be able to do so. And then in that same kind of uh, range of prices, I'm still looking at Skylar Mays as well for 6,400, who's uh, actually been falling a little bit from that 7,000 mark where he'd gotten uh, over the last uh, over the last couple of games. So for him to drop a little bit more while still having all those minutes, all that opportunity to be able to get those assists, his uh, his minutes total is still pretty uh, pretty consistently in that high 20s to low 30 minutes. So lots of opportunity for him to do well in another matchup where again Utah. Not playing very much defense at the moment, just been a, a very fast-paced team, really hoping for marketing and coach to just outscore the rest of the um, the rest of the people out there. So really, uh, really seeing the opportunity for him to go ahead and do well over here when uh, Utah takes on Portland. Uh, on my shooting guards, I didn't really go too high. Uh, I, I decided to go for that mid-tier area as well. Like you said, you got to go for boom or bust type situations. And, of course, this player is one of those players, in my opinion, and that's starting off with OG, who is my guy, at uh, 5,600. Uh, they're going to be going against Indiana, who allowed 86 points against the Hawks uh, at half. I mean, in two in two quarters, they allowed a total of 86 points, which is insane. So I do believe the Raptors will be allowed a lot more offensive opportunities than they were against the Magic because they got destroyed. Uh, but I also think this game might be a bit quick pace and might allow some easy buckets and transition for OG. And OG, who's coming off injury, I mean, we've seen games where he's been able to get around 25, 27 points, which is his great nights. And usually they're not of him, like, creating his own shots, but it's getting shots getting created for him. Uh, because all he, do, he does is just shoot threes, corner threes, and cut, make some great cuts. And as long as he's doing that, at 5600 I think it's a great price to get that type of X value that you want from him. 
Uh, next up, I got Tim Hardaway Jr. at 5,500. Another one of those players who is an inconsistent player. Uh, but the reason I really like this type of pickup is mainly because I'm looking at the stats and I, I see the Lakers are like the fourth most uh, fourth team that allow the most threes. And I think Tim Hardaway Jr. will have another great opportunity to just have an explosive night. I mean, there's been games where the guy has 10 three-point shot attempts. So clearly he still has that green light from Jason Kidd to shoot as much as he can. And at 5,500, another, another, uh, another guy who I'm thinking can have a really great uh, solid night against the Lakers defense, which is still questionable in my opinion. Uh, and then lastly, just another OKC player, Isaiah Joe, 4,600. Uh, finally getting to rhythm, I think he's gotten around like 14, 17, 16 points in his past three games. Uh, and that's what you want to see from Isaiah Joe, uh, as long as he's hitting his threes with the absence of Jalen Williams. I think the minutes will be will be there. The shots will be there. And so I think at 4,600, it's a pretty nice price to go for. I like it. I think that's a, it's a good opportunity to be able to do it. And the other thing that you want to potentially look at with these uh, 14 kind of game slates is where you could potentially see low ownership happening, right? So even though there could be a bunch of uh, bunch of guys in that same kind of price tag, I do think OG is going to be a pretty popular pick uh, in general, just one, an Indiana matchup, which has been the most generous as far as defense is concerned. I mean, we're seeing it even tonight in that uh, Indiana and Atlanta game where the game total was 250 coming into the night and it looks like we're going to be getting pretty much right around that in terms of what that game total is actually going to be i think last check in fact we're already well past it it's it's 133 130 (laughs) with uh, a little over six minutes left in the game and uh, and halliburton is having an absolute monster night over there so again the more we get indiana the better so i'm definitely on board with og Going a little bit kind of against the grain over here, what I've been really paying attention to has been the slowly increasing minutes total for Chris Middleton, who's been kind of sitting in that 20-minute mark up until now. He's been obviously getting uh, limited to that, but got himself up to 22 minutes in the last game, 23 minutes the game after that as well. So definitely getting himself back to uh, you know 24, 25 minutes, slowly but surely getting back to his regular minutes. But more so than that, just in the time that he's out there, his usage is great. He's pretty much getting a shot every two minutes that he's out on the floor and his uh, his ancillary stats are starting to pick up as well he's getting you know more and more comfortable and back in the rhythm so while his ceiling is obviously still capped by the fact that his minutes total is there you're looking for one of those things where you know a guy at 5700 who still has the ceiling to be able to get you you know 35 36 dk points by just playing a regular game over there i think it's a uh, it's an interesting opportunity to try to be a little contrarian and go ahead and take him though not necessarily advocating it for the faint of heart because it is obviously a bit of a kind of out there pick. But where I think it is a little bit more uh, of a kind of down-to-earth pick that I have been uh, looking at in general has been going back to that Orlando game where we're really seeing you know a lot of these guards just kind of get themselves into an opportunity where now we know until Markel Fultz gets back, who's going to be getting the bulk of the minutes. And it's quite clear that Jalen Suggs has established himself as the guard in that Orlando team that they trust the most, mostly because of his defensive chops. While, you know, they really know that Cole Anthony is going to be that offensive spark plug that's coming off the bench there. Jalen Suggs has been the one who's gotten the uh, the minutes down as well as his um, overall kind of importance to that team. So even tonight where he was only required to play 20 minutes, still found himself in a great opportunity to be able to put up 18, three and four alongside two steals. So uh, in a Denver game where I expect that Orlando again at home, been really good this year. In fact, been sneaky good as a team all year. And I expect they're going to be one of those uh, quiet teams to make some noise in the playoffs this year. Jalen Suggs is showing himself to be 
a real kind of revelation this year, taking huge steps from last year. And I think at 5,600, it's a great opportunity for him to also have another kind of mid-30s uh, points nights on a, uh, on a Denver matchup that's going to be pretty exciting at home. Moving on, though, to the uh, small forward side of things, where there's a uh, couple of interesting picks to be able to look at over here. And, and again, I think the advantage you get a lot with these uh, small forwards is that they have kind of dual uh, position eligibility. You can often find themselves in uh, a bunch of different spots where you can go ahead and get them slotted in. And I've been kind of dreading coming back to the point where I'm going to finally be saying that I'm making this pick here, but Miles Bridges, the beater of all beaters, has been crashing the boards much like he'd been. I'm not going to say it. Anyways, played 45 minutes in the last game against Boston where they went to overtime. And even though he had an abysmal 3 of 13 shooting night, ended up with 15 rebounds in that game en route to a 44 DK point night. So, you know, put your uh, put your <laughs> moral compass to the side over here and 7200 in a matchup against the uh, Washington Wizards, where we said again, it's going to be zero defense, a lot of offense and just a lot of opportunity for hustle plays to be able to go ahead and get it in. I think Miles Bridges at 7200 is going to be a, uh, a pretty I want to say a pretty high exposure pick for me, but uh, yeah, I'm just going to act like I didn't say it, feel bad about it, but he's going to do well. I mean, no, for sure. Miles Bridges was someone who I did pick up early on when he was at like 5,300. Uh, of course, he's a uh, pretty uh, controversial player, uh, but if you want to make money, I guess you want to, <laughs> you want to, you want to go for him. Then. Uh, I guess in small forwards, I did really like uh, LeBron at 9,600. I think he's my highest spend up player if I want to spend up. Uh, but there are some asterisks behind this pick because he is questionable. And of course, it is a back-to-back. So with the new rules, if LeBron chose to sit against uh, the Dallas Mavericks, he could very well sit and, and we wouldn't be able to do anything about it. Uh, so if he decides to play against Utah and decides not to play tomorrow, we have yet to know that. So uh, if he do, does play, I mean, LeBron has had some insane stat lines. I mean, he's literally carrying this Lakers team to mediocrity. And so you're hoping he'll do the same thing against Dallas, which will allow a lot of points. I mean, their forwards are literally uh, Josh Green, Tim Hardaway Jr. So I think LeBron will definitely have an offensive scoring night and being able to get his teams involved like usually. Uh, but in the case, uh, of course, uh, if LeBron does not, decides not to play, I will talk about some other picks later on. But uh, I also have Terrence Mann here at 4,200. Uh, of course, you mentioned that Westbrook is coming off the bench from now on. So Terrence Mann has been able to slid in the starting lineup. And you're hoping that he can just, you know, do some dirty work and uh, just fill up the stat line in other places besides scoring. For example, blocks, steals, assists, rebounds. And obviously, it wouldn't be a crazy stat line, and hence why his price is only 4200 But in, like you said, again, a game against the San Antonio Spurs, uh, I mean, he's probably a player you're going to see a lot more in closing lineup or just a player who kind of fits that glue guy position. I mean, you know that position where Alex Crusoe has played before that position where you've seen the Gabe Vincent kind of does that fit in peace for this Clippers team. And at 4,200, I think you will have a lot of opportunity to have a pretty solid stat line. And then I also got a cheaper side of another cheaper pick, which is, uh, let me see if I pronounce this right. O'Shea Agbaji at 4,000, uh, a player who I'm recently becoming a fan of. I mean, I've been watching him. I, I watched him against uh, Phoenix Suns and he had some pretty solid uh, games. Um, he's getting around 30 minutes and you're just hoping, I guess he gets opportunity to hit his threes, defense, uh, gets a couple of blocks, uh, blocks and steals, and he's only priced at 4000 So another one of those cheap players to go for if you want to spend up high on a LeBron or a Steph Curry. 
So that's why I like uh, Terrence Mann and Moshe Baji at this price range. Yep, no, fair enough. I think all, all those ones have the opportunity to do pretty well for their price tag. Uh, speaking of another one who I think will do pretty well for their price tag and is actually coming off three absolutely excellent games and finally got into the starting lineup officially as of the last game, and that's Santi Aldama for the Memphis Grizzlies, where played 39 minutes in that Boston game where they almost pulled off a pretty improbable victory over there, unfortunately just lost by two points at the end. But the story of the night was... Santi Aldama getting 39 minutes in the game, 27 field goal attempts, which I don't know if he'll do that again or not, but he was just absolutely killing it. Ended up on 28, 12, and 6 for the night, 60 DK points on the night over there. And for, for me, who's had him in my season-long leagues in a bunch of different places, was waiting for him to fully come back. Obviously very exciting from that perspective there. But in general, uh, now that we're really seeing him kind of displacing Bismack Biombo, who was uh, who was starting while uh, while things were going there. We're really seeing you know, Santi being the guy that they like as that kind of stretch four or five, able to go ahead and um, f- fit a bunch of different opportunities. And even if he's not shooting 27 field goal attempts a game, it's clear that he's got himself in a position where he is going to be shooting anywhere between 13 to 15 shots uh, while still being a pretty, uh, pretty decent rebounder for the team as well. So this price tag is likely going to keep rising as his, as his minutes total and his uh, role gets uh, further defined, but he's on a hot streak. He's on a price tag where the floor is very secure for the amount of uh, offensive load he's getting on his side. And I'm, and I'm liking that pick a lot for uh, what I can do for him. And sticking in that same uh, price tag area at 6,500, I think Max Struess continues to be one of my uh, favorite guys for Cleveland and, and in general, you know, one of the breakout guys that we've seen in this year, really taking advantage of the increased opportunity that has been presented to him with the, the move over to Cleveland this year. And he just continues to be absolutely solid, especially uh, with the fact that his kind of ancillary stats, which you didn't necessarily expect him to get a lot of, but his uh, his stocks have been consistent throughout. He's getting one to two uh, between blocks and steals pretty much every every game that he's out there, alongside the fact that he is pretty much uh, going to be getting anywhere between five to eight three-point attempts as well. So it's just an interesting stat line that he started to very consistently hold down, alongside the fact that he's averaging nearly six rebounds a game, which is, like I said, it's a, it's a bit out of position for him, but it, it's clearly working out well for kind of what Cleveland is uh, is liking him to do. And he's uh, made that role his own, often having the most minutes uh, on the team pretty much every night that he's out there. So they clearly like him in a lot of different spots. And I think uh, that price tag is a very fair uh, assessment of kind of what his floor is while still uh, giving you enough buffer to have him have those uh, big uh, ceiling games that he's already shown a bunch of times this season. But that, uh, that's everything from a small forward perspective. Anyone else before uh, we talk about uh, some of the power forwards here? Oh, man, I'm, I'm ready for power yeah, forwards. Go for it, man. Start us off with the power forwards. Who are you liking? I mean, I'm liking Siakam at 8,000. I mean, when Siakam has a uh, a team that really doesn't have a, a player who can guard him, I mean, Obi Toppin, uh, Jalen Smith, Isaiah Jackson, Master, I think these are all the essentially the big people you would expect to be guarding Siakam. I think Siakam will be able to outpace some of these players, outsmart some of them. And at 8,000, I mean, this is a price where if you want, like you said, X value, Siakam's the type of guy to get you possibly 50 around DK points, especially, like you said, Indiana allows anybody to score against them. I mean, this game is going over, as we speak, probably around 260 total over under. I mean, it's insane. So I think Siakam at 8,000 is a safe price to go for. Uh, I think he should be in multiple states. He probably will have high ownership, but for the right reasons. And I think... That's another player. If you can fit in your lineup, I think he's going to be due to have a good night. Uh, and then on the budget side of things, I got Jaime Jaquez Jr. 
at 5,100. This is a player who has been taking advantage of the opportunity. Of course, uh, he's been outplaying Kevin Love, Hayward Highsmith, and uh, he's hasn't been obviously having insane stat lines, but he's been around uh, 28 DK fantasy points, 30 some games. So at 5,100, I think it's a really safe set uh, price to go for. And I got one more pick, and it's the return. Uh, if you were here last season, you know this was my guy. What I talked about him in back-to-back slates. The return of Sadiq Bay at 4,900. <laughs> <laughs> he's coming back. You know, he's having some great performances. He's head around, I think, he's averaging around 18 points in his last three games. Uh, this is exactly what you just want to see from Sadiq Bay. You know, score the ball. And at 4,900, I mean, he's been able to hit around 28 DK points, 26-some games. And at 4,900, I th- I'm going to keep on, I'm going to go for him, bro. That's my guy. You know, obviously, we had a rough relationship, on and on relationship. Uh, but that's why I said no more DeAndre Ian. Sadiq Bay is my guy now. <laughs> at 4,900, uh, this is my, one of my budget options as well. I was going to say, sometimes you just got to let bad relationships go, man. It's, it, there's a reason why you moved on from it. And you're talking about Atlanta, but you're talking about the wrong power forward here, man. It's Jalen oh, Johnson at 6,400, where you want to be keeping your focus on, who is just absolutely crushing it this year in general for Atlanta, has been easily their brightest spot of the uh, of the talent that's really getting the opportunity to showcase themselves and just continues to be the guy that Atlanta is relying on in so many different spots. His minutes are secure. He's into that mid to high 30s now as far as his, his minutes are concerned. And he just continues to be the guy that you know you can rely on on a regular basis to be able to do well. Even tonight is sitting on a 17-7-6 and six game with two steals and a block as well. So just... You know, the Indiana game is what it is, but he's going to continue to be a highly, highly relied upon option on this Atlanta squad. And I think 6,400 is quite a bit underselling what he can do on a relatively regular basis. And even if he has you know, a bad game, he's going to be somewhere close to that uh, high 20s to low 30s in DK points anyways, while giving you the upside to drop a, a 40 bomb as well. So just a lot to like as far as his price tag is concerned and definitely one of my more favored power forwards as far as this matchup is concerned. While at the same time, you know, we already talked about uh, one of the Bridges brothers over here. <laughs> They're not brothers, but another Bridges that I continue to like taking in general is Mikel. And again, we're talking about matchups in which he'll have the opportunity to you know, somewhat bounce back uh, in that Philly game. It was a blowout. Otherwise, he was having a very good uh, offensive night in 29 minutes was able to drop eight of 12 from the field and had consistently been around that 40 plus DK points mark even prior to that. So, you know, we've talked about how much uh, Cam Thomas had been doing from a purely offensive standpoint, but it's really Mikhail Bridges, who is the face of that franchise and is going to be the guy they're going to continue to rely upon as their primary offensive option showed his upside already earlier this season, but also throughout last season when he was that favorite first option to be able to have and consistently mid to high 40 DK point nights. So just from a kind of somewhat expensive, not fully top tier, but in a, a relatively expensive option, he's uh, one of my favorite uh, power forwards on the night as well. Before we move on, I just, I just want to mention this Pacers and Hawks game has hit over 300 points. I mean, that's, that's insane. Like, I mean, that's, that's insane. I mean, damn, I talk about no defense. I mean, uh, <laughs> Another thing I do want to mention is you chose Mikhail at 8,000. I chose Siakam at 8,000. I want my revenge. <laughs> Next week, we're going to see who has a better performance, and then I'm going to talk my trash. Okay. Well, 
<clears throat> seeing how uh, you're pretty uh, you're pretty down in this, you know what? I almost hope that Siakam does have a monster night because you know Mikel's gonna have it anyway. So you know, somewhat to okay. <laughs> to try to go ahead and give you a little bit of respect back on your name. I'll I'll allow it. But moving on to some of the uh, centers over here now to really look at kind of some of the options where I'm considering investing my money and we've talked about a bunch of value already up in here so i'm looking a little bit at the higher tier on this side and you know he could also fit in as a power forward but in general carl anthony towns just continues to be a dude that uh i'm just continually seeing him get back to his regular shape as far as his uh not only kind of confidence is concerned but really he's starting to come around on the defensive end as well having now got five blocks in the last five games has also gotten seven steals in that time as well so he's starting to bring up some of those stats that have kind of been a little on and off as far as his stat line is concerned because you know he's going to find himself to anywhere between 20 to 25 points a game on a regular basis on this Minnesota team while his rebounding numbers are where you're really hoping that some upside can be found. So in a matchup where he's going to be obviously up against uh, up against Embiid, likely a focused matchup there where they're going to try to drag him further out uh, while Towns gets the opportunity to be able to stretch the floor, I expect that uh, he's going to be heavily involved with the offense, either as the one taking the shot or the one acting as the decoy to get Anthony Edwards a little bit more space in, in a matchup like this where they want to be able to really keep Embiid on his toes as much as possible. 8300 We've seen this guy on a regular basis be around that 10,000 mark for his consistent performances. And now that Minnesota is really starting to play well and understand each other's offensive role, I expect that uh, we're going to start to see more and more of the regular Carl Anthony Towns. And for 8,300, I like that bet. Uh, well, my spend up is essentially, I mean, where I mentioned about LeBron, if LeBron decides not to play, I'm going to go for Anthony Davis at 9,800. Uh, I think if LeBron does not play, Anthony Davis is going to have the full range to just do what he likes. And going against a Dallas team that doesn't have really a, a rim protector center or I want to say paint protector center, unless you want to count Dwight Powell and Max Kleber, I think Anthony Davis will be able to deal with them and have a monster night, which he's previously been able to do and hit around 60 DK fantasy points, I believe. Uh, a bit cheaper than that was JV at 7,000. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas has been surprising me this season. He's had a few games uh, back-to-back, which have been Pretty solid from him, and going against Sabonis, which I think he might be needed to play against because I believe Larry Nance is still injured, so I don't know if this health will, will be available. So unless they want to try Zion at the center, I think Jonas Valanciunas will be guarding Jomantz and Sabonis, and he did give him some trouble. So uh, at 7000 I think it's a pretty solid price, considering he also had seven assists. So if JV can have a similar performance as he did before and just be able to have a monster re- rebounding night as he's, he's capable of doing, and to score some easy buckets because Dumont Sabonis is definitely not going to block any of those shots. Uh, so I think at 7000 is a pretty solid price. Hmm. And then budget-wise, I decided to go for Daniel Gafford at $4,200. Uh, going against Charlotte, uh, he had a pretty solid night last time. And like you said, this is going to be a pretty high-scoring game. And I expect a lot of rim running uh, from Mark Williams and Daniel Gafford to just get those easy lobs from their respective guards. And at 4200 I think it's a pretty safe price to go for for a budget center and this hopefully you get around a 30 plus dk point uh dk fantasy point night i like it i think there's a couple of good budget options here and the other budget option that i'm also looking at kind of taking into account that uh, both uh, toronto and indiana are going to be on a back-to-back and 
Indiana, given the pace that they've been playing with, I expect that we're going to be playing a smaller lineup to be able to go ahead and deal with it, which really means that Precious Achua is in this kind of a matchup where he's likely going to be needed a good bit more than someone like a Jakob Pertl. And at 4,000, uh, if he can get even anywhere close to that uh, 20 to 25 minute mark, which he does get in, in matchups that are kind of a little bit more high paced, then he just has that opportunity to be able to get into that mid to high 20s as far as DK points are concerned, if not into the 30s as well. So, I mean, as we said, Indiana is going to be one of those matchups where you know it's going to get uh, you know very little defense, a lot of pace, a lot of movement, and uh, the ability to try to kind of throw off what uh, Tyrese Halliburton and his uh, and his boys are bringing. So I expect that Achua is going to be uh, the one who's going to get relied upon a little bit more. Only needed to play 14 minutes tonight. When I say needed, it's because we got our or ass handed to us, but <laughs> he's likely going to be playing much more minutes than that as far as Toronto is concerned in this matchup. It's, it's likely going to be a uh, high-paced one. Could get pretty ugly, but again, both are on backs-to-backs, so that's always an interesting uh, little uh, wrinkle to throw in there. So I like him for his price. And at the same time, and we saw what uh, Goga Batadze did today, uh, getting the opportunity to uh, get back his uh, kind of regular minutes that he has had outside, outside of really just uh, one or two games in between. You know he's been getting into that mid to high 20s pretty much every time. And it's not even necessarily that his his offense needs to be there, which I mean, when it is, that just adds that little bit extra to what he can do. But what he is going to give you is going to be consistent stocks and consistent rebounds. And both of those usually put him in a pretty good position to be able to make up that floor of that kind of close to 5,000 price tag with even a couple of those shots kind of going his way. It just helps kind of push him past that. So uh, while he might not necessarily be the sexiest center pick, I think uh, in a in a Denver matchup where they're going to need as much as possible to be able to try and deter what Jokic is going to be bringing on the other side, I do think Bitaze is going to be uh, relied upon that little bit more and uh, giving him that little bit more upside as far as his price tag is concerned. But that uh, that does bring us to the end of what was. I said a 14 game slate, lots and lots of ways to be able to go ahead and tackle it. And it's never easy uh, thinking about who your pillar plays are going to be. Uh, as we've kind of seen over here, there's you know a bunch of options that we're really liking around that 9,000 ish price tag. I don't think either of us ended up recommending someone like a Jokic, a Giannis or an Embiid, all of those in that kind of 12, 11,000 mark, because it doesn't look like you necessarily need something like that, given the upside of some of these other opportunities. But of course, everyone has their own thoughts about how to attack such a slate. So as always, engage with us. Talk to us about what you think your slate's uh, approach is going to be over here. You can catch me on Twitter at HAK underscore devil, where you can talk to me about whether you think it is going to be one of those nights where <clears throat> it's going to be <laughs> either his pick of Pascal Siakam or is it going to be my pick of uh, that 8,000 Mikhail Bridges who's going to end up outdoing it on the night. So I actually think he has a bit of an advantage here because that Indiana matchup is going to be really, really fast-paced. But I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of hoping that uh, we can see a little bit more of that from uh, McCall in a Brooklyn Atlanta game, which should also be similarly paced and a pretty good uh, defensive matchup as far as Bridges is concerned on his end. But that's that's enough on my end. Ramiz, where can the people catch you and uh, give you their uh, Siakam love and support in this kind of a game? Uh, they can hit me up at Twitter at two nice. That'll be spelled T O zero underscore nice underscore and uh yep hit me up when siakam has a better performance than mccall bridges just just by a bit though because i do have mccall bridges on my fantasy 
they perform good. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. No, that's great. I think uh, a lot of these, a lot of these are season long ones. I'm sure, uh, like uh, you and I, a lot of our listeners are also playing season long leagues. So it's just all uh, bits and pieces and trying to see who can do it on a given night. But that does bring us to the end. Again, reminder, as always, get yourself to sportsethos.com. Keep up with that live injury report and get yourself subscribed to the DFS Pass for the best value in the business as far as daily fantasy is concerned. But until then, that's going to be it from uh, it's going to be it from me and Ramiz. And we will catch you on the next one. Let's take down some of these GPPs. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.